You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on the no longer winless Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined as always by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? Nick, do you want to know why the Dallas Mavericks won tonight? I do want to know. I would like to know. I thought I was going to explain that to us, but yeah. I can give you one simple answer. Do it. It's because there was somebody special born on today. And that person is not Chandler Parsons, although he his birthday is today also. You guys have the same birthday? <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, How did I so just I'll... find this out that you and Chandler Parsons have the same birthday? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I claim uh, I claim a, an ounce of responsibility for the Mavericks winning today. He's older than you, right? By a year, maybe? Maybe. Something like that. Chan the right man now. did not he he suited up tonight but you know like the like the uh Barney from uh How I Met Your Mother suited up not like a <laughs> not like a Memphis Grizzly so did not play tonight the Mavericks did win finally got their first win and man I was right you know courtside when uh they the buzzer sounded cuz I was you know trying to go to the the locker room and Dennis Smith Jr threw the ball down on the ground like it was game 7 man like he was just so stoked and so glad to get that one win. Finally, his first NBA win, you know, like under his belt. Yeah, man, I love I love seeing his emotion. And afterwards, JJ uh, was interviewed and he said, you know, he's asked about Dennis and he said, man, I just like his swag. And you know, he, he's a quiet he's a quiet <laughs> that guy. That coming from a guy with a, a camo snapback hat on today, and, and JJ Barea <laughs> with that swag. Um, yeah, man, like just Dennis is so quiet and but on the court, I love it when he he shows his emotion and you saw at the end of the game tonight, he was pumping up his arms, telling the crowd to get excited. Yeah, that was awesome. Then he did it at the very end also and was just as the time was running out and he slammed the ball down and it, it's just you could tell it's just a weight off the whole team's shoulders really. Yeah. But a weight off his shoulders too. I mean, night you know kid first First win in the league, you know it's frustrating for him. So, yeah, I mean, it's super, super fun, fun team win. Definitely, super fun team win, and and team win is really a good, good way to uh, to put it. And that's one of that's some of the big questions that were asked after the game is you know what talk about this team win, you know tell me about this team win, you know it's like, <laughs> I feel like that was the question asked to every single player tonight, but it really was. I mean, the Mavericks really spread it around. Dennis led them in scoring, but it's not like he was chucking up a ton of shots. I mean, 19 points on 12 shots. Dang, man. This guy, this kid, man. Let, let, guys, let us tell you about this kid, man. He is going to be really, really good. Yeah, and I mean, you look at, you know, going to his matchup. I mean, you're going to look at this every single game yeah, of who's it, the opposing point guard. It's the thing. It's the exact same thing that Lonzo is seeing. So you're, we see this Lonzo thing, and they hype it up all day. Like, oh, it's going to be Lonzo versus John Wall today. Lonzo versus John Wall. But 
Dennis, it, you know, those matchups are going to be looked at the exact same way. They're just not going to be hyped as much. So all of these, you know, are, are huge. Yeah, and we we don't have Dennis, his dad, saying something stupid either. So um, we've talked about the two dads, and they cannot be any <laughs> any more different. That is true. Uh, <laughs> but going tonight, approach what they do. When you when Dennis as a rookie going against any top ten point guard, I think we both agree that Mike Conley's a top ten point guard. And, yeah. You know, I was I was intrigued by that because Conley's that I think he's underrated defender, uh, just a really sneaky, very smart point guard, and so going head to head with him, and you look at their you know final numbers at the end of the night, Conley had 21 points uh, and three assists on seven of 15 shooting, and uh, you know and Dennis had 19 points, five assists on eight for 12 shooting, and he went head to head to toe with him. I mean, just like you know, it looks like Dennis. I think I tweeted out tonight. I said, you know, Dennis looks like he's been in the league five years. I mean, he just he played so much. He was so poised. You get in the fourth quarter. I got scared there for a bit. Thought <laughs> Memphis is going to come back. It, I'm like, honestly, oh. it seemed like, and when when they went into the fourth quarter and it was like really close, it was basically almost tied at that point. You just thought, dang, this is going to be another one the Mavericks just give away in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and. Fortunately, they didn't, and Dennis came, you know, through huge in the fourth. You know, he got scared about the Nerland situation. You're like, oh, who are they going to finish the game with? And Dwight Powell actually gave, a, you know, a couple minutes there that he was really active and got his hands on some blocks. And so, what did you? Yeah. What did you just say? What was that? That connotation of that sentence was was positive. I gave him a, a couple minutes. Although I will that say this, that was Powell I, positive. I got I got to submit this to Shackton, Shackton a fool. I tweeted out a gift tonight of is I laughed so hard when I when I seen it. Dwight Powell contests this like three pointer. Okay, he contests it, and I swear he he jumps like fifteen feet away. Like there's no earthly <laughs> way he could block this. And so I tweeted out from the Smoky Cuban Twitter account. And different people quote tweeting and just like, what on earth is happening? Like, what is he thinking in this? Like, because <laughs> he's so far away, he jumps like from almost underneath the goal to like a, a three point shot, and it just looks, it, it's just so goofy. But you can almost pull out a gif like that of Dwight Powell every single game of like you just look at him and be like, what is he doing? I'm keeping, but, I'm keeping the the Dwight Powell 2017-18 hit in the face counter. Uh, we're at four. We're at four right now. He's been hit in the face four times. Dwight Powell just always he always seems like he's getting hit in the face. And so I wanted to keep a counter this year. And we're at four total for the season. You could, uh, you could uh, keep a how many missed alley-oop dunks does he have? Because that yeah, count will be really missed, high up, too. He missed too. a pretty bad one today. But, but, you know, we talk enough about Dwight Powell. I mean, he, he ended up playing more down the stretch than Nerlens because Nerlens had five fouls. So I – the Nerlens, you know, Dwight Powell argument tonight is kind of a moot point because of Nerlens foul trouble. And and I want to say this too, like we all have been pushing for Nerlens to get more minutes, and he should. Okay, like we can agree with that. But there were some moments today he didn't look that well, and no. he he didn't defend. He didn't get on a, out on Marcus Gasol. Like how many threes could Marcus Gasol hit before we say, okay, all right, you know, step out on him? Like yeah, it <laughs> almost seemed like like Nerlens was surprised, like. 
all of a sudden he, you know, he was in the, he's in, he's so used to just being hanging around the paint, being in the paint, just being in that area. And, you know, growing up as, you know, whatever stupid level of basketball I played as a big, you're just used to just hanging out there. And so if, if ever your man goes somewhere else, you're just like, Oh wait, what? I'm supposed to be so like, I could be somewhere else on defense. And so it just throws off a lot, you know, a lot of your game. And so Nerland's always around the paint. And then all of a sudden Marcus all's out there shooting threes. And it just seemed like he, it surprised him. He was like, Oh wait, I need to be out there. Like, Oh crap. I need, <laughs> like, I need to be out there contesting. And he just, he contested on, on reaction instead of on, you know, anticipation. Yeah, and in Nerlens, where he has, and and this is not a knock towards him because we got to look at how many games he's played in the league and how many games he's played in the system in Dallas. Of you know, you can make a point of saying, yeah, he looks kind of raw a little bit sometimes, but he's not getting an opportunity. If he can get a steady twenty-five to thirty minutes a night, you might be able to see some of these mental. Like there was so many different times tonight where he just makes these mental mistakes whether it's a stupid foul at the very beginning of the game or a reach-in foul. or he, He's very he's super quick with his hands. like He's so good with his hands defensively. But sometimes he just gets too aggressive and he takes these risks that you really can't take as a big man when you're playing alongside Dirk. Like If you're going to play alongside Dirk, you, the yeah. risk of trying to go for a big steal at the top of the key and all of a sudden then you open up the lane they go in for a shot, Like you just you can't take them sometimes. And that's just mental stuff that Nerland's just got to work out, and he's going to work out with more minutes. It's just tough to ask a, a you know, it's still a 22, 23-year-old guy that you're, you know, you're going to start one night like tonight, and then, you know, two games from now, you might be playing 11 minutes because of matchups, you know, and, and then say, all right, well, whatever role you're in, make sure you play it the best. I think the Spirat, I think Nerland's needs a constant role, and, but that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Yeah, that that margin for error that you talk about with you know when you're defending next to Dirk Nowitzki is so small. I mean, just so yeah. small. You need to be. You almost need to be perfect. And uh, they paid for it a little bit uh, in this game. The uh, but the Mavericks ended up winning the points in the paint battle, which was the a first. I don't know. Even last season, <laughs> like I just don't remember them winning the points in the paint battle very often. Yeah, I mean it's it's surprising, especially because I mean you don't get you know Dirk and Nerlens in there a lot together. You wouldn't think, and but man, what about Harrison Barnes? I mean, man, he had I'll just off the top of my head tonight three drives that he just put Massive. the ball down and said, "I'm going to get to the basket. I don't give a crap who's in front of me." And, and he didn't have a particularly good game for for his standards, you know. Like at the, at the end yeah. of the night, his box score, you know, 15 points. He had, you know, six, you know, rebounds, three assists, which is what he wants his goal, which what he wants to hit is three assists. But, you know, four of 13 from the field, and he didn't score the whole first quarter. <laughs> and maybe maybe some, you know, even after that, he uh, he only had, like, one field goal attempt. <laughs> and so, I mean, he was kind of struggling just to get, to get the ball, and the Mavs were winning. And so it was just sort of this weird paradox where your leading scorer isn't scoring, but you're still winning. That, that just proves to me it's a team win. And... One of the reasons why he, you know, the Mavericks were able to do that is Wes Matthews has really turned around his shot. I mean, he has just become really the efficient past two games. the last couple of games. And uh, forgive me for not remembering who it was on Twitter, but asked me, he said, you know, we were talking about this new this new site that you know they talked about on Zach Lowe's podcast, the Cleaning the Glass site. It is awesome, man. That site is so. cool. He just started that not so long ago. Yeah, that site is really cool. And so I went on there. I was looking, you know, looking up all these stats and and. Wes Matthews, when 
when Dennis Smith Jr. is on the floor. And, and so we were looking at this site. We were talking about it, and the guy asked me, he said, what is you know West Matthews' three-point percentage when Dennis Smith Jr. is on the floor? Well, I know we just hyped up the site, but I couldn't find it on that site. So <laughs> I had to go. I went over to NBA Wowie, and uh, I looked it up. West Matthews shooting 50% from three when Dennis is on the floor. It was seven for 14 he shot. Uh, and then he had another one. To, he had another one, to, a couple tonight when Dennis was on the floor as well. So, I mean, the, the all offseason we talked about how Dennis is going to be better for Wes, and it totally is. It totally is. Yeah. He's, he's completely being the Damian Lillard to the Wes Matthews that you know we knew in Portland. Yeah, that's what when I saw I saw you tweet out that, and I, I instantly thought about mine and your conversations that I felt like we repeated over and over again over the summer <laughs> leading up to we the were, season. We were so saying, validated. <laughs> yeah, and like just kept on saying like he's going to shoot better this year because we finally have a point guard and a player that can get into the paint, draw the defender, and kick it out to Wes. And so yeah, I mean that's been you know Wes has got some. You know, much deserved criticism over the you know first few games of the season, and but over these past two games, yeah, he's turned around. I mean, he played 41 minutes tonight, led the whole team, so uh, that was good. Uh, just looking at the box score, look at the Nerlens and Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell is a minus three and plus minus, <laughs> and played 25 minutes. Jeff Gerstein really specifically wanted you to know that. Dwight Powell was a negative three, and he wanted me to, to let you know that that he was thank the, you. he was the only one that was negative on the team. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. Uh, let's look at Nerlens. Also, <laughs> Nerlens ha- had twenty minutes, five less than Dwight, and he led the team in plus minus with a plus eleven. So, just wanted to just wanted to throw that out there. Give that give that stat for the crew. Um, Use that stat in your favor when you want to, Isaac. Go for it. What about two two clutch shots, man, man? From Yogi Ferrell. Gosh, man, Yogi. Yogi, man, like Yogi. He had his moment last year. He's supposed to come off the bench this year. He replaces Seth, you know, in the starting lineup when Seth first, you know, went down. Whatever. Now he goes back to the bench because Nerland started tonight, and it's just like Yogi has proved that whatever role you're going to throw him into, yep. he can succeed and you know play at it. And even in like a game like you know today, he he only shot six times, but in those, but you know he only hit three three out of six for the night. But two of those shots were huge shots Massive. at the end of the game. I mean that just sealed the game. That a glue guy like that, that you ask him to do all the dirty work and play defense and just play at a hundred percent all the time. At the end of the game, you know, he hits two big shots. And you can't praise Yogi enough, man. Like, so happy he's on the team and doing well. It's so interesting that, you know, to compare and contrast Yogi and Nerlens because we never do it. You know, they just don't seem like players that you can compare. But Yogi is one of those guys that you can put him anywhere, like any any position, and he will he, he will perform. You know, he will perform off the bench. He will perform starting at two. He will perform starting at one. He will perform off the bench starting, you know, off the bench at two. You know, just wherever you throw him. And it's just so weird. And, you know, correct me if this is a coincidence, but that Yogi is this undrafted guy that comes out of, you know, comes out of nowhere and doesn't, you know, he isn't highly sought after. He's cut twice from the nets. And, and by the way, he... <laughs> The other day, I mentioned to him about being cut twice by the Nets, and he goes, "Man, I'm so glad to be out of there." It <laughs> <laughs> was great, but so you know, you throw him anywhere, and he'll just perform. And he's this undrafted guy. Whereas you know, you can compare that to Nerlens, and again, correct me if I, this, you know, this is just a coincidence that Nerlens was a guy that was highly 
recruited. He was this number one player. He had this, you know, big following going to, you know, Kentucky. He's supposed to be this big, awesome, you know, next player. He ends up, you know, sliding a little bit in the draft, but still people are like, oh, that's going to be the steal of the draft. He, you know, is treated like the next best thing in Philadelphia because they start this huge, you know, process where he is the first guy in the process. And so, you know, a lot of, you know, their hope hinged on him and then they held him out for the entire year. And so he's just getting all this hype behind his name and, you know, all this stuff. And then, you know, he comes to a different situation where you're like, okay, now you're going to come off the bench or now you're going to play next to Dirk Nowitzki. He has to do a little bit, you know, do some different things and he can't adapt. Well, why are we surprised <laughs> that he couldn't adapt to that or that he, you know, isn't doing as well as if he had, you know, this concrete role like you were talking about? It's a lot of it is this the journey for this guy. And then on that Zach Lowe podcast, they talked about how, you know, a guy like Deontay Murray, who, you know, goes to the Spurs and, you know, his timeline ends up being, you know, uh, accelerated because of the, the de- player development program. And they, they were talking about how a lot of players – you know, players could be good. They just need the the right situation. You know, you just need to put them in the right situation. And some players, they don't need a situation. And I think Yogi's a guy that doesn't need a situation. I think Nerlens might be a guy that does need a situation. Oh, situations mean so much. When I think of situations and coming into the league, I immediately think of one player, and that's Rajon Rondo. Yeah. And because, you know, I grew up in Kentucky, so, you know, all – like hour and a half away from Lexington. So anybody that comes to Kentucky, I, you know, obviously knew, like knew of, cause all my friends are fans and stuff. So I, I see this to, Rondo. I went to a Rondo Kentucky game when I lived in Ohio. And the one thing I took away was Rondo just had the biggest hands I'd ever seen. Massive hands. He's super <laughs> rude. Uh, but, but like, cause I remember meeting him as a kid and like, he was just like super rude. But anyway, but Rondo plays at Kentucky and he was not like this, you know this huge like all potential NBA All Star. I mean, he was a slinky guard. And Kentucky that, wasn't as wasn't what they are now. Kentucky wasn't like pulling in all these five. Oh no, no, no. yeah, and, you know, that was like, pre Calipari. Right. So this is Tubby Smith. Yeah, that whole you know era before before Cal and but like Rondo, you know, plays this season in Kentucky and then he says he's going to come out and it's like what? Like he's so raw. He didn't like. It's not like he just dominated crazy games and you know it was just an, this insane one and done player. And he comes into the league, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a mistake. Like, he shouldn't come out. Like, it's just not going to happen. And he goes to Boston. Like, not and just he's Boston. A- <laughs> and he, asked, he gets asked to be this point guard, playmaker, make the you know right pass, and is surrounded by Garnett and Ray Allen and <laughs> Paul. Like, the best this- shooter of all time at that point in history. Yeah, I mean, he just it's the per- it was the perfect situation for a guy like Rondo. It's where it's not it wasn't a Dennis Smith situation, wasn't you know, one of these situations where hey, we want you to be like the face of the franchise and yeah. score all these points. It was a situation to where say, hey, be the best that you do. Like do what you do. And man, looked at it. I mean, he won titles and is the best thing for his career and so yeah, I mean, situation means so much, and you said it right. I mean, Yogi, you plug Yogi in on a team and say, like, you want to fill in for a starter, be a backup. Yogi, Yogi's going to do that, and and you know, does Nerland's situation play into how the game is today? I think it has some to do with that. I mean, obviously, his inability to shoot from outside is playing a key role into Rick's decision making right now, and and how does that, how does the stretch five impact today's game? I mean. What was it? Probably what five years ago, Mark Gasol couldn't hit a three for nothing, right? I mean, and tonight he, he might hit. have still been able to. It might just be this hidden thing. 
that we didn't know about. But yeah, no, tonight he was five of seven. He wasn't <laughs> doing that. And it, you know, guy like Nikola Vucevic isn't hitting you know whatever six threes that he hit <laughs> the other night either. Yeah, so I mean, it's just kind of where we're at. It's why it's kind of why Dirk moved to the five and to you know for Dallas to go to the stretch system to where everybody on the court can hit a three and. You know, it, when you immediately put somebody in like Nerlens, and we want Nerlens to play, and that's great, um, but that immediately allows the defender to play off of him, and it's just a different dynamic, it's a different type of system now in the league. When you have five players in hit a three, compared to if you have one, and in like OKC's situation, they have Roberson and Adams. Then you got two that can't hit a three, so yeah. that changes the system too. So, but hats off to Yogi. But MVP still so far, JJ Barea. Another game tonight where he just lit it up. <laughs> he just comes in, man, and just plays his butt off. I don't know about MVP. I like still, of the team. I, still I think, mean, I still think Dennis had you know good enough game that you would think that you know without him they would not win. No, no, I meant like MVP of like over the first you know five games. Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely, yeah, no, yeah. not yeah, not tonight. Yeah, Dennis would get it tonight for sure. Yeah, you know where I am with the JJ camp. I, I still think he's the best guard in the roster. <laughs> uh, man it's, it's cool it, i had a a good friend tonight that was at the game and he texted me and he was like man jj's balling out on puerto rico night <laughs> yeah and no, uh, that that was <laughs> that was really funny that tonight was the night uh if you went to the mavericks game that all the proceeds you know or a portion of the proceeds or whatever went to you know puerto rican relief and they announced that they raised you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to you know for puerto rican relief and stuff and uh, always in the description of this podcast will be JJ Barea's, you know, fund and he's raised over $200,000 and stuff like that. So stuff, you know, that was a great night, really good, uh, for everybody to come together in that sense. Also wanted to shout out our friend from uh, Washington DC. I didn't catch your name, but you came up to me during the game tonight, said you listen all the time, man. I appreciate that so much. Uh, just, you know, makes us feel good that, you know, people are actually listening because uh, we're moving, we're moving platforms like our where we host the site and there or where we host the podcast, and they're telling us that a lot of the numbers are wrong. <laughs> so we're like, like, oh man, do people actually listen to us? So it's really good to hear. It's really good to hear that people are are you know are listening and like it and listen every morning. So appreciate. Yeah, that. I mean the stories like that. We Nick and I we enjoy hearing them. We enjoy hearing. There's so many people that's reached out and said, "Hey, like I listen to you through my work, you know, night shifts at work. I listen yeah. to you every morning. I listen, you know, here and there. And if we miss a pod, you know, somebody's you know, somebody's always tweeting and saying, where's the pod that helps me get through yeah. my day?' And uh, it's cool stuff like that because obviously Nick and I don't, you know, we we're not millionaires off of this, uh, but we we have a big passion for it, and so it's cool to see that people appreciate that and that we can help." bring uh insight to the team and an inside to the team that maybe fans don't get all of the time but yeah like dan patrick says it fills my passion bucket <laughs> it fills my passion bucket i was gonna say i was gonna say too i i was on a uh i was on a, a radio show this morning or i guess you're listening to this on a thursday on wednesday morning a memphis radio show previewing this double header and uh this guy was asking me about just the team and different stuff, and I told him about our board bet. Which and I was one? like, I was like, I'm gonna let you in on a board bet, and you you can bash me for this because I've already gotten hate from it. I said my co-host, and I, I said, you know, I said Nick Angstead. I said we made a board bet that who's gonna win the most games. I said he said Memphis, 
and I said Dallas. And he was like, oh, man, man, I got I to gotta disagree with you on that one. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it looks bad now because, you know, they were 3-0 and at the time. And I was like, you know, I might it might come to back around and bite me, but I'll still stay true to it. You didn't tell him about co- the Jermichael Green, Dirk Nowitzki bet that I'm probably, I didn't, I'm probably not going to win. <laughs> I didn't get well. I didn't get to that because, because he you know, he's asking me mad specific questions. And how, how dare we, he? How dare he not just indulge all of your things that you wanted to talk about? <laughs> well, he asked me like all these things about you know the the general stuff of like what's Dennis's potential and you know talking about Dirk and Dirk's minutes, different stuff like that. But then it went to like general stuff of what do you think about the Western Conference? I'm like, well, and the so guy, then we start. The guy ran out of questions. <laughs> <laughs> so then we started talking about, and then he's asking about, and then it's so funny because if there's one team that's in like the middle of the pack of the West that I'm like super low on, it's the Grizzlies. Yeah. And he's like, so what's your opinion on Memphis this year? You know, with losing blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you know, I have to be honest. I didn't think they'd be making the playoffs. I think, I, I think they're going to suck. <laughs> I think they're going to suck this year. <laughs> and now, and, uh, <laughs> But, you know, I just kind of – I do like Dylan Brooks a lot. And I told him – I was a big fan of Dylan Brooks coming out of Oregon. And I wish Dallas could have got their hands on him. And I don't know how – I don't – you know, he's just a – he's kind of like a natural – he reminds me of kind of like a Wes Matthews. Like, I feel like he could be a Wes in a couple years. But I really like his game. He's just a natural baller. <clears throat> they have a Dwight Powell equivalent on their team, though. Don't you they see Brandon a, Wright? No. They have a – oh, I love Brandon Wright. Yeah, I wouldn't, everybody does. I, everybody in Dallas loves Brandon Wright. But they have a guard version of Dwight Powell, <laughs> Andrew Harrison. Yeah, <laughs> that is their guard version of Dwight Powell. Right I cannot there. believe me. We looked. We, we they said uh, you know when they announced him in the starting lineup, they're like in his second year, and I was like, "There's no way he's in his second year in the NBA." Like it just feels like he's been around forever. But he was drafted in 2015, and then he didn't play in the NBA his first year, and then now this is his second year actually in the NBA, and he's starting for the Grizzlies. That does not make sense to me. I mean, you have to assume Ben McLemore will take that spot when he gets healthy, but uh, James Ennis, he's not bad. I mean, he's not. I mean, he had a really bad plus minus. Tonight, he had really, really good moments when he played for uh, for the Heat, Miami. Yeah, yeah. But Chalmers, he's a punk. Yeah, um, but he st- he produces though. Whatever. Uh, Tyreek Evans, that was a, that was a steal for them. We were both we we both said in the offseason Tyreek Evans and Ben McLemore for the price that they got him yeah. for. Oh yeah, uh, those are two steals. If and, they, you know they needed to get something, and for them to get both of those two guys, I feel like is you know pretty good swings. You know you got to take some swings when you're a team that just has nothing. <laughs> you know nothing yeah. up the middle basically in your roster, and they took two swings on guys that we think would be be pretty good in that regard. So, and just watch them tonight. I mean, we knew this before, but if Conley or Marc Gasol goes down. Cool. This team is awful. <laughs> very, very rough. <laughs> very rough for them. So I there's, there is not a team in the league that is probably more dependent on two guys than that team right there. Not even the Rockets? No, no, no. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, Rockets still make the playoffs if they lose. I mean, like, look, Chris Paul is going to miss a month, you know? like and Well, they, yeah. But I mean, they'll be fine. If Conley or Gasol goes down, they're not making the playoffs at all. No. Like they're not even getting close. So that's uh, it's rough. But yeah. Oh well. Not Blake Griffin and uh, the center who should not be named. Nah, I I take please. I take Gallinari, Beverly, 
any of them over it's just, anybody. It's on just this so crazy cast. when you like bring up all the rest of the guys that are with all these other players, and then you just look at this roster of yeah, who they Dr- started. Martin, Andrew Harrison, James Ennis. Hey, Clippers are balling right now. I still say true to my with your boy Tiadosic. Yeah, don't say that. I was like heartbroken when I saw that. But what about uh, real quick? This has nothing to do with the Mavericks. But what about that forty-point game from Aaron Gordon? He's a guy that you and I are both kind of down on. But holy cow, dude! I immediately got a text from uh, a guy that writes for our site, and he was like, "Yeah." To you guys that are down on Aaron Gordon, <laughs> look at this stat line. And I joked tonight. I said, uh, "Didn't Corey Brewer put like put up like fifty three points like yeah, two years ago?" Mo like, Williams too. Yeah, like Mo Williams. You, you know, like listen, like Aaron Gordon has like crazy amount of potential. It's just I'm, I'm just not a long term fan of the guy. He just has to. He's a situation type of player. Like yeah. You need to find a team that's either going to play him at like a crazy small ball stretch five or have, I don't know, have a yeah. guy like Nerlens at the five and him at the four. Like he can't play the three anymore in his whole career. Like if you're a coach and you play him at the three, just get fired now. <laughs> get fired. So, yeah. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, also a guy that's going off. Not for 40, but also. Hey, the off. Nets beat the Cavs without him tonight. So, gosh. Ty, Ty Lue made a joke tonight and said, hey, uh, at the end of this all, the Nets might be wanting the Cavs pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started laughing. I was like, whatever. Let's overreact. Well, right that loss also made me think, you know, sometimes in the early goings of the seasons, guys, teams just lose these dumb games. Like the, the Golden State Warriors lost to the Pelicans. You know, the, the, look at the two, the first two losses from the Mavericks and, you know, it was the Hawks who were going to be terrible and the Kings who were going to be terrible, but it, it's super early. You know, like the, things can get turned around. You know, the Mavericks, let's say they win this game against, you know, Memphis, then they win against Philadelphia, and they're back on track. You know, like, it's totally yeah. fine. Just, so, sometimes you just start off early and you're missing a guy that was going to be in your starting lineup. The training camp's shorter, the preseason's shorter, you know. Seem, we didn't super overreact because we kind of expected them to be bad, but we were a little more disappointed in those losses than we probably should have been. Yeah, I mean, in on that radio show in Memphis, he asked me, he said, "Why, why are the Mavs zero and four? Like that's the, you know, that was the first question." And I said, "Hey, it's really simple. You got a rookie point guard. Be like, you go and- They played four games, and they did not score as many points as the opponent did <laughs> in those four games. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you don't want to like make excuses, but you have a rookie point guard. He's nineteen years old." He's he missed two of those four games. Yeah, right. He didn't even play. <laughs> one of those, one of the two games he did play, he got Steph Curry and the defending champions, one of the best teams of all time, and the backcourt that he came into training camp with, and is probably our third leading scorer on the team, has not even played a single game the regular season. So, that I mean, I feel like those are logical reasons of why a team would be zero and four. So. If he had Dennis had, Dennis and Seth had played all four games and had the exact same results and same point differentials, then a little bit more worried. But oh well, I'm not saying it's going to mean we're going to win 50 games. It's just I'd be a little bit more worried. Yeah, because th- those Kings and Hawks games were close enough that you know they could have pulled it out if they had a little bit something extra. And speaking about speaking of a little something extra, Devin uh, Harris, man, that block. Oh Holy my crap. gosh. <laughs> Turn it back. Devin Harris in that block, and I cannot believe he got called for that foul. I was That's so, so bull crap. So upset about that. And Devin Harris was too. Gosh, that was stupid. 
I think I, I tweeted a gif on that of that block on Twitter. So y'all can check it out. But man, it was that he was so high. Like if he jumped yeah. like he I mean, hit his head was, on the backboard almost. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I didn't know Devin could could jump like that still. So I know I tweeted this out tonight, but like and I've said this over and over again, I felt like at the beginning of this year, but from the preseason and even till this moment, like Devin Har- Devin Harris looks so much better than he did last year. Like all of last year. So Yeah, he really does. He's balling right now. He's thirty four, he man. Like I didn't I, I forget that you know, the guy's ages keep going up. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, he just Devin's one of those guys you pencil in is like, Oh, he's like thirty one, you know. <laughs> yeah, and like when you look at the team and you say like, you know, you can look at some of the guys and say, Okay, they're underperforming right now, like, you know, maybe Wes or Dwight Powell and Dennis is adjusting, whatever, and you know, Dirk's not shooting as you know well as he normally is. But when you look at those three guards off the bench, hats off. Like, yeah, I mean, you can't, you couldn't ask for more uh, from JJ, Devin, and Yogi right now. Like, both, all three balling out right now. So, and if the, and man, those are the only three guards coming off the bench too. I mean, the the rest of the guys on that bench are like seven feet, <laughs> and Dorian Finney Smith. Yeah, I mean, I hate. I mean, Finney Smith only got four minutes tonight, but I, I mean, know. I, I hate that for him. I wish I could see see more more of him, but I don't know. I still I still feel like a trade is up their sleeve at some point this year before the deadline. But yeah, I we'll mean, see. they're they're wasting away solid measure in the the remaining years of what he's got because he's he's a guy too. He's thirty one, I think, as well. Um, yeah, they they got to trade one of those dudes at least. You know, maybe both him and Withy because those two dudes are literally just wasting on the bench. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at, at some point something has to happen. But we got Memphis again back to back. You're listening. Most people are listening to us. You know, it, there's another game tonight in Memphis. Uh, to what Nick and I know, everybody should be there except for Devin. At this point, unless they announce um, on Thursday that some people stayed home or something like that, uh, but it'll be interesting. See if see if both teams play the same way. Does Mark Gasol hit you know like he did tonight? Does Does Rick make any adjustments for him? Does New Orleans play more? Does you know whatever what whatever is the case to see a quick turnaround? I like games like this or situations like this because exact same two teams. And so it's easier to see what adjustments are made. Yeah. Uh, kind of on you just the fly. Run it, so you just run it back. Run it back and see who changes what from Fizdale or Carlisle. So it'll be interesting. <laughs> Fizdale was not pleased several there's times a, tonight. Yeah, there was some there was some bad calls on, on both sides for yeah, both teams yeah, tonight. Yeah. Well, a good call that I made tonight was uh picking up Marcus on my fantasy team for uh for draft. That was a a great pickup by me. It did not end up winning it, but Marcus all got me like 55 points or something like that tonight in fantasy. Uh, you can go and download the app, play draft. You can follow me locked on Nick. You can follow that. And I will be creating every once in a while. And we'll announce this. So it'll probably be on Wednesdays. We'll announce uh, these, you know, little leagues that we're doing. There's, you know, a dollar entry. There's $3 entry. There's, you know, all the way up to like $270 entry. I saw, I was like, Holy cow. You somebody playing. Two hundred and seventy dollars just to enter this game. Good lord! But if you if you win though, you win like seven hundred bucks. So that's a pretty good payout. But uh, uh, yeah. yeah, so we're we're doing that on draft. You can use the promo code L O M A V S L O Mavs 
and uh, you get a free $3 entry. You got to put some kind of deposit there, but you can put like a dollar. Like when I first entered, I put in a dollar and then I got the free $3 and you know, for the, for an entry fee. And so go use that. It really helps us out. If you guys, you know, go use the promo code LOMAVS tells them that we got some pull tells them that we got some loyal fans and we know that we do. Cause I met one of them that does not even live in the state of Texas tonight. So, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we broke a, a site record all for last week for yeah. didn't you say oh, most, man. most listens in one week that that's ever been on lockdown Mavs. So y'all are killing it. Like we, I can't even describe. Yeah. We didn't many. do anything different, right? We just put the show out. We, <laughs> we recorded it. We put it out. Same thing. You guys are the ones that are coming up big. So for sure. So we, we thank you guys. Thank you. And I will leave you with this. I still believe Josh McRoberts will never play a minute for the Mavericks. <laughs> Don't say that. I want to see him play, man. It's not going to happen. Whatever. You, have you you've seen the the video of all of the Mavericks players clapping that they play on the on the video boards? Yeah. Look at Josh McRoberts' face and tell me that dude intends on playing for the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen him in practice going going through drills and lighten it up. He's so. still got to stay in shape if he wants to go somewhere else, though. I don't know. I'm just kidding. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. We really appreciate it. See you tomorrow. Peace out. Boom. Bye.